You're listening to the St John's Dumb and Creek podcast. This episode presented by Senior Minister Tim Johnson. Hi, my name's David and I'm a volunteer here at St John's. Today, I will be bringing in the Bible reading from Hebrews 11, 17 to 28. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had, embra- who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead, and in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the death, back from death. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff, by faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the brutal of his bones. By faith, Moses' parents told, hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid and they were not afraid of the king's edict by faith moses when he had grown up refused to be known as the son of pharaoh's daughter he chose to be mistreated along with the people of god rather than to enjoy the fle- fleeting pleasures of sin he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as a Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt, because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the application of his blood so that the destroyer of his firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So my son Sam and I are reading through the the Narnia books by C.S. Lewis at the moment, and we just finished The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, which tells the story of uh, children and other characters on a ship heading east, and as they go, they discover lots of different islands. One of the islands they encounter is called Dark Island. It's pitch black and it's a place where your nightmares become a reality. So, of course, in desperation, they try and get away from this island. They row the ship. But because it's completely pitch black, they've got no sense of direction. And so they end up going round and round in circles, unable to escape. Things are becoming desperate. And that's where I pick up the story. Lucy lent her head on the edge of the fighting top and whispered, Aslan, Aslan, 
If ever you loved us at all, send help now. The darkness did not grow any less, but she began to feel a little, a very, very little better. Well, our current teaching series is called Faith in the Dark. We're thinking about holding on to God in the midst of those dark times, times of uncertainty, of fear, of doubts, where you can't quite see what the future holds and you're not sure where you're going. Times when things seem so overwhelming and so desperate that all we can do is cry out like Lucy, Jesus, Jesus, if ever you loved us at all, send help now. We're working through Hebrews chapter 11, which speaks about a number of different Bible characters from the Old Testament, the first part of the Bible, and how they kept on trusting God, having faith in the midst of darkness. When things for them seemed uncertain or they weren't sure what to do, their exercise of faith in God shone through. Part of their darkness, of course, included the fact that uh, they lived in the time before Jesus and they didn't know all of the things that God would do in Jesus. And yet the writer of Hebrews uses them as an encouragement to us to live after the time of Jesus, followers of, as followers of Jesus, because we still have moments of darkness ourselves. We live after the time of the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus but in a sense, we're still waiting for God to complete his plans. We're still waiting for the return of Jesus and for everything to come to fruition that God has planned. Uh, and in the, the, the scheme of the church year, uh, this Sunday marks the first Sunday of Advent. It's the four weeks leading up to Christmas, the time when we'll celebrate the birth of Jesus uh, and in this time of year in the church calendar, as there's preparations for the first coming of Jesus, the first advent of Jesus, the church also tends to look ahead to the second coming of Jesus, the second advent of Jesus, and hold those two things in tension. It's a way of focusing on the realities of life as we live it at the moment living between two advents, the first coming of Jesus and the second coming of Jesus, a time where we have great things from God, but we're still waiting for the completion, a time that's sometimes called the, the now, but the not yet, times that are often still full of darkness and uncertainty, doubts and fears, where we need to exercise faith in God in those circumstances. And today, as we reflect on this chapter, this section of this chapter and these characters and the faith that they exercised, I want to focus on three ways that we can exercise our faith in the midst of darkness. We can do it by holding on to the promises of God, by trusting in the power of God, and by persevering in hope. So firstly, trusting faith in the dark, 
holds on to the promises of God. Now, the backstory to the lives of all of the characters named here in Hebrews chapter 11 is a series of promises that God has made. So everything that we read about here has a backdrop of promises from God. Back in Genesis chapter 12, God has spoken to Abraham and he's made a series of promises to him. He promises him a family that he'll have many descendants. He promises him a place to live, that he'll have the promised land of Israel as his home. And he promises to bring blessing. He'll bless his family, but he's also going to bless the whole world through Abraham's family. And so these promises are key promises as you read through the early parts of the Bible. But time and time again in the lives of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, it looks like God will not keep his promises, that it's impossible for these things to come true. But in this darkness, you see them continue to hold on to the promises of God. So here we read about Isaac and Jacob blessing their children and their grandchildren. They're holding on to the fact that God has promised blessing and they in turn bless their children and grandchildren in that hope. Uh, We read about Joseph who dies in Egypt outside the promised land, but he makes plans for his body to be taken back because he knows that God will keep that promise. And so he asks for his body to be taken back and buried in the land that God has promised. But most powerfully of all, I think, in regard to this, we read about Abraham, who we're told embraces God's promises with regard to his son Isaac. So God has promised Abraham that he'll have many descendants, and he points the spotlight, if you like, on his son Isaac and said, he's the one that this promise is going to come true through. But then in a bizarre twist in the story, God tells Abraham to take his son Isaac and to offer him as a sacrifice? Wait, what? God, that doesn't make any sense at all. You've said you'll give me a family and descendants and it'll be through Isaac and now you're telling me to to kill him? How, How do those two things go together? It doesn't compute. It doesn't make sense at all. The whole incident is extremely difficult and troubling. Why would God even ask Abraham to do such a thing? And so Abraham has this conflict, this uncertainty, these these doubts and these fears. He's very much in the midst of the darkness in this awful dilemma. And yet he chooses to trust God, that God will keep his promise, that God will find a way. Now, at this point in his life, Abraham has had plenty of practice trusting God. He's made heaps of mistakes along the way where he's doubted that God will come through and he's been made to eat humble pie because God has followed through. Uh, And so in this instance, he chooses to follow God. Uh, And maybe that's been your experience as well. 
that over time you've seen enough of the way that God follows through, that God is faithful through your life and circumstances, through situations where you weren't sure that God would come through, that you've built a kind of confidence in the promises of God. It's certainly been uh, my experience that at times where I've had doubts and I've had worries, I have seen God consistently come through and it does build faith and trust as you go through life in that way. Now again, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, they were all living before the time of Jesus. There was a lot of stuff that God was going to do in Jesus that they simply couldn't see. But what about for us, us living in that in-between time, living after the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, but still looking forward and waiting for Jesus to come back? Well, as I said, there's, there's a very real sense in which we still operate in the dark, uh, that lots of life is uncertain. What's next year even going to hold, given how crazy and bizarre 2020 has been? Um, what will I do for study? What will work look like? What will it mean for relationships? There's lots of our lives that are dark and uncertain. Uh, and maybe there's even more troubling circumstances where you're not sure what's going to come through, an unclear medical diagnosis, health concerns for what will happen, relational tensions that you're just not sure how reconciliation will come and how there'll be a resolution. In the midst of all of that darkness, how do we keep trusting God and hold on to his word and his promises in the dark? Well, let's think. What are some of the promises that God has given us. Here's a whole bunch. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Isaiah 40. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Psalm 23. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John 8. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Hebrews 13. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously Give us all things, Romans 8. Now, when we're in the darkness, it's hard to believe those truths, but it doesn't make them any less real. Uh, our culture puts a lot of weight on feelings and emotions. We're told to follow our heart. If it feels right, do it. But our emotions can often mislead us and deceive us. Sometimes we feel like God's abandoned us, like God doesn't love us, like maybe even God's not there, he doesn't exist. And in the midst of that sort of darkness and doubt and fear and uncertainty, it's essential that we hold on to the promises of God's word, to speak his truths out loud, to preach them to our souls. 
You see, God's word is truer than our emotions. And God's promises are more certain than our current circumstances. Faith in the dark holds on to the promises of God. This is one of the reasons that Christian songs are important. Songs that are saturated in the words of the Bible, which remind us and uh, we sing through in our heads and we sing with other people to speak the word of God to each other and to encourage each other with the promises of God. When I was in my second year at at Ridley College, Bible College, um, I was going through a really low time. Um, I uh, well, money was money was tight. We were both students, and there wasn't much money coming in, so that was stressful. Um, we'd shifted interstate, and I was missing family and friends in Sydney. Uh, there was so much work to do; it was quite stressful in terms of the workload. There was there was a lot of stuff going on, and it was a tough and dark time. So, how did I strengthen my faith in the midst of that darkness? Well, it actually wasn't you know, deep theological truths from a lecture that I'd been uh, sitting in. But it was by singing songs that I had learnt as a child. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Those were the things that I strengthened myself and encouraged myself with as I reminded myself of those truths from God's word. And it's, it's a good habit too that as you're reading the Bible, one of the questions to ask yourself as you're reading, is there a promise that God gives me in this passage? Is God promising something to me that I can take hold of, grip onto, and remind myself of in the midst of dark times. Write it down. Say it over and over to yourself through the day. Memorise it and learn it by heart. Faith in the dark holds on to the promises of God. So that's the first thing that we see uh, in this section. But secondly, we also see that faith in the dark trusts in God's power. You see that most clearly in verse 19. As Abraham is wrestling with what God is calling him to do in regards to his son Isaac, which made no sense to him, we're told this. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Now that goes beyond the promises of God, doesn't it? God hadn't given a particular promise to Abraham that he would raise his son from from the dead. And even as you read through the Bible, clear teaching about resurrection from the dead and life after death, that only comes much later or much uh, comes clear later as you read through the first part of the Bible. But Abraham knew God. He knew God's character and he trusted in his power. He knew that God was a God of love and compassion and he knew that God could do miracles, even bringing someone back to life if that was what was required. 
Now, in this instance, that wasn't needed. Abraham told, uh, God told Abraham to stop what he was doing and he provided a ram instead as a sacrifice. But Abraham went right up to the brink, trusting God, trusting in his promises and trusting in his power that he could still do something even though it looked impossible. Now, we know for sure that God can raise the dead because he's done it with Jesus. Uh, Jesus, who died on the cross so that we could be forgiven, our sins dealt with, came back to life again, defeating sin and defeating death and giving us the promise that God will raise those who trust in Jesus in the same way that he raised Jesus from the dead. Whatever the darkness might bring, the, the end at least is clear. There's a bright light shining at the end of the dark tunnel, the light of life, eternal life, life forever in the presence of God and enjoying his new creation. But it's not just a future hope. We can also trust in God's power now and expect him to work in remarkable and miraculous ways. In Romans uh, chapter 8, verse 11, we're reminded that the same spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in us. The Holy Spirit is within us, a life-giving, body-raising, death-defeating resurrection power living within us to sustain us through life, even life in the darkness. I return again to the voyage of the Dawn Treader. Remember that uh, Lucy has called out to Aslan, who is the Jesus figure in that story, for help, and it seems like not much has happened. There was a tiny speck of light ahead, and while they watched, a broad beam of light fell from it upon the ship. It did not alter the surrounding darkness, but the whole ship was lit up as if by searchlight. Lucy looked along the beam and presently saw something in it. And at last, with a whirring of wings, it was right overhead and was an albatross. It called out in a strong, sweet voice what seemed to be words, though no one understood them. No one except Lucy knew that as it circled the mast, it had whispered to her, courage, dear heart. And the voice she felt sure was Aslan's. And with the voice, a delicious smell breathed in her face. In the darkness, as we trust in God's power, God breathes on us by his Holy Spirit and he speaks truth to our hearts. Courage, dear heart. Now, when we're trapped in the darkness, it's easy to doubt God's power. Uh, I find that I'm the type of person when I'm uncertain about things and, and thinking through problems that I can uh, be negative and start catastrophizing things, thinking the worst that might happen. Uh, this is especially true when I wake in the middle of the night and I'm processing things that need to be done, decisions that need to be made, problems that need sorting out. 
Uh, maybe you're the same and you, you get in this sort of spiral of negative thoughts which leads to doubt and uncertainty. And when you try and sort it out in your head, it just gets worse and worse. Uh, and what I find in those situations is that God often surprises me, right? It's so often that I shouldn't be surprised because he just does it continually and consistently that God works things out through his power and according to his purposes in ways that I couldn't really see or imagine and God does it. Ephesians 3.20 reminds us that God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. When all seems dark, when everything seems impossible, when it seems like there really is no way out, trust in God's power. Ask him to fill you with his spirit. Ask him for the miracle that maybe you even doubt is possible because this is the God who has power even to raise the dead. And so faith in the dark holds to the promises of God and trusts in the power of God. But lastly, faith in the dark also perseveres with hope. So in verse 23 of our passage, we read about Moses' parents hiding the baby Moses for three months to keep him safe from this homicidal king who's said he wants to kill all of the baby children in Egypt. Now, I've looked after three newborn babies, and let me tell you, that would have been challenging to hide a, a little baby to stifle the cries so that uh, our neighbours aren't alerted that this is going on. But we're told that they endured without fear, driven by their faith. They kept on going. They kept on persevering. Then we also read about Moses, who was willing to endure hardship, he identified with his fellow Hebrews. He could have had an easy life of wealth and luxury. He'd been adopted by the princess of Egypt, but he chose the hard route to identify with his fellow Hebrews to live a difficult life. In verse 27, we read, By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Isn't that a contradiction? He saw him who is invisible. How do you see someone who's invisible? Answer, by faith. Moses fixed his eyes on the invisible God. He believed in his character and promises. He trusted his power and his goodness. And so he kept on going. He persevered through the hard times. The writer Eugene Peterson describes following Jesus and the life of discipleship as a long obedience in the same direction. A long obedience in the same direction. When we choose to become followers of Jesus, we sign up for the long term. It's a lifelong commitment. It requires perseverance and it will involve keeping on following him through times of uncertainty, of fear, of doubts. Follow him through the dark. Now, that's pretty challenging in a society that we live in, which 
often focuses on instant gratification, right? If I don't know something, I Google it and I get an instant answer. If I've got a headache, I pop a pill and the headache goes away. If I'm bored, I whip out a device and I'm instantly entertained. But the life of faith involves years and decades of following after Jesus, obeying what he's called us to do, having our character shaped and refined to become more like him, uh, saying sorry when we've done wrong to God and to other people, being willing to change and turn around and change direction. It's, it's a long obedience in the same direction. It's about persevering and keeping our eyes fixed on him who is invisible. In the hard and the challenging times, in the times where uh, it may mean clinging on to God by our fingernails and crying out in those moments, Jesus, Jesus, if ever you loved us, send help now. Maybe that's your current circumstance. Maybe you feel very much in the dark, full of fears and doubts and uncertainties and difficulties. Maybe it's so strong in you that you're, you're tempted just to throw it all away. Let me encourage you to stick at it like the, these people that we read about here stuck at it. Know that you're not alone. Know that you have brothers and sisters in Christ who are ready and willing to help you. Uh, please ask, reach out for that help. But know also that you're, all, you're surrounded by a great crowd of witnesses through history, women and men of faith, people like Moses and his parents and the people named in this chapter, people who persevered and who clung on in the hard times. God is faithful. He will keep his promises if he has said he will do something, he will do it. God is strong. He is powerful to help, even in ways that we can't even imagine. So keep going. Persevere in hope, knowing that God will lead us out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Let me pray. God, we thank you for who you are that you're a God of utter faithfulness and you keep your promises. So help us to hold on to those promises. Thank you, God, that you are powerful and strong. And so help us to entrust ourselves and place ourselves in your good, strong and loving hands. Fill us with your spirit. Help us to keep on going. Give us perseverance in hope as we look to you who is invisible and as we look to the return of your Son, Jesus, our Saviour and our Lord. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for St John's Diamond Creek.